0: Hey everyone, welcome back to That's What She Said with Melissa T. It's been a bit, um, you'll find out why here, Um, but I'm super excited. I'm here with my good friend, um, and finally a boy is joining us on That's What She Said. So um, welcome, Justin. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm really glad to have you here. We've had a great visit already here out at the Happy Place, and we're going to enjoy the evening together with some friends, and... uh, we uh, connected really early in our our networking group for, I don't know, I can't even remember how that happened. It was very natural, though.
1: Yeah, I think we were just sitting down <laughs> doing uh, one of our scheduled one-to-one conversations and it kind of, what was supposed to be a 15 or 20-minute conversation carried on a lot longer than that, that was for sure.
0: Yeah, I can't even, yeah, I just, yeah, it's just so hard to believe. And, and like, I ended up being such good friends with Justin, he's actually not even in the same group that that we were we were networking in but um that was irrelevant. Yeah. So <clears throat> we're here today to discuss um real talk about unresolved trauma. That's what we decided our talk was going to be about because we connect on a high level um, integrity is something that we share a lot in and we we want to have integrity in our lives and so we we knew we we're going to be besties when we both like the same book and it was a very odd obscure book um called the greatest salesman yes by og Og mendino and and so to have a a friend say oh what's your best book and i tell him and he starts laughing and says that's mine too that's like okay it's meant to be so we're here today to talk about our loved ones because it's been a bit since i've been on with a podcast I was trying to do this at least once every couple of weeks or once a month but unfortunately I lost my brother suddenly on May 9th and uh, we actually think maybe it was a few days earlier but time of death is when they discovered his body and it's been a rough month for sure Um, and so we're talking about unresolved trauma today because of course my my loved one is dead because of unresolved trauma and we're going to talk about one of your loved ones so
1: yeah it's been something that's touched uh, myself and my family a few times but definitely um, definitely my one cousin uh, was probably the hardest situation for me Um, I think it was mostly our age gap we were very close in age Um, he was somebody that I looked up to growing up he was always someone who had such a such a large love and life in him that Um, as much as we knew the path he was on, it was still so shocking and devastating when we did find out that he had passed. So,
0: So what was your cousin's name?
1: Uh, my cousin Daryl.
0: Daryl. Yeah. So, my brother's name is Chris, and so we think of Daryl and Chris, and we honor their lives because we love them very much. Oof. Yeah. So, there's 15 signs of unresolved trauma. Take it away.
1: I'll do my best. Um, So, number one, uh, anxiety or panic attacks that occur in what would be considered normal situations. Number two is a feeling of shame, an innate feeling that they are bad, worthless, or without importance. Number three, suffering from chronic or ongoing depression. Number four, uh, practicing avoidance of people, places, or things that may be related to the traumatic events. Uh, this can also include avoidance of unpleasant emotions. <laughs> who uh, won?
0: Who doesn't do that, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Uh, five flashbacks, nightmares, or, or and body memories regarding the traumatic event. Six addiction and eating disorders in an attempt to escape or numb negative emotions. Seven sleeping issues, including trouble going to sleep and staying asleep. Uh, number eight suffering. Uh, suffering from feelings of detachment or feeling dead inside. This is perhaps the most devastating of the signs because it creates a feeling of loneliness and isolation. Uh, Number nine, dissociation as a real disconnect in situations and conversations. Ten is hypervilligence. hyper is that right? Vigilance. Vigilance, there we go. Um, A constant feeling of being on guard. Eleven, suicidal thoughts or actions. Twelve, uncontrollable anger, acting on it or acting on it. Thirteen is self-harm, cutting, and mutilation. Fourteen, not being able to tolerate conflicts as they once would have. And fifteen, unexplained or irrational fears of people, places, or things.
0: And of course, Justin and I want to just throw out the disclaimer. This is something we, we searched out on the internet. It's not our list. We don't take any, you know, medical privileges here we don't think we're doctors we don't think we know it all but what we do know is the experience of having to work through the loss of a loved one and that we both had unresolved trauma and continue to work on ourselves because of that and you know um, you've had a couple of incidences surrounding drugs that have been seriously traumatic for you in your life is there any one thing that you would share that you think could impact our audience or help them from a heartfelt position, because I know there's a couple. I mean, it's so
1: hard to to sum everything up into one one quick statement. Sure, it doesn't have to um, be quick, for sure. I mean, like we we see it every day, and we see the people we love, and they're struggling, and and I think it's just staying connected with people and staying supportive to people is, I mean, the most important thing. But also, um, knowing for yourself that you need to respect the situation and take care of yourself in it as well because we can go down a rabbit hole trying to help people who you can't help Mm -hmm. no matter how hard you want to help you can't you can't just make it better
0: it's true love is powerful and and it it drives us in the direction sometimes that isn't safe for us Mm -hmm. and so you know even at the celebration of life i was kind of unusual You know, I shared a a a list of 10 there. And I said, you know, right now I'm experiencing two of these right now. You know, like there's there's a lot of hard stuff. You know, we try not to talk about COVID because we're sick of it. We know that the two years of having like cortisol pouring out on your beautiful gray matter in your brain is not good for you. We know that there's been, uh, you know, uh, opioid crisis here in Canada of, you know, epic proportion when I was speaking with the constable post- um you know finding my brother's body i don't know how to say this you know like he the constable you, she was wonderful her, her, she she really was like from the heart and she she just said you know i like to think of it as that i'm helping people in a very difficult time but you can't even believe how much i've seen yeah she said it's just it's it's so it's taken me this long to call you back because it's so bad right now and so You know, Daryl was quite a while ago, right?
1: Yeah, Daryl was a couple years ago. He was before
0: COVID. Okay. So... So he struggled in life, and my brother struggled in life, you know? Was it always a struggle, or...? So for me, like, uh, Daryl was
1: six years older than me, so I don't think I ever knew it was always a struggle for him. Um, But, uh, like, growing up, I was... um, I looked up to him, and I always wanted to hang out with him. He was the older cousin. He was cool. He Mm -hmm. had the dirt bikes. He had all that stuff that we all wanted to do. Um, And we didn't really actually bond and connect until I was about 20 years old. Neat. And um, just randomly, I was having a house party at my house, and he just magically showed up. I don't even know how he got the information about it. Um, And pretty much from there on, we were, uh, I guess I would say, emotionally inseparable. We didn't hang out all the time. Um, but we were always emotionally connected to each other. I knew, I knew when Daryl was struggling. Um, but I think it was at that point I realized all the signs and maybe some of the acting out as a kid, for him, was the struggle from from day one.
0: So, do you know if there was like an incident or a lifestyle that he grew up in that was some effect there? Yeah, you don't I have mean, to divulge <clears throat> too too
1: much, but like, yeah, like. His uh, his mom gave birth to him when she was 14 years old. Oh, wow. Very young. Okay. Um, you know, did the best that they can, but it's, sure. it wasn't an ideal situation, to say the least. Daryl actually ended up, when I was about, I don't know, 9 or 10, he ended up living with my parents for a little sure. while, kind yeah. of moved in there. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty, pretty transient for him for quite a while.
0: Yeah, I see that, too, in our family. My mom was 17, which she yeah. was 16 when she got pregnant. And in those times, they just they weren't prepared to handle some of the things so they just well, did what they thought was best but it wasn't and you know those kids grew up in a very uncertain and unstable situation which is devastating to them yeah. as as they develop and i've seen that in my own family as well you know i don't want to divulge too much i guess but really the truth is i i could have easily um probably intervened in some of my family's kids and stuff with the stuff I saw and you know uh, it's in the past now and and what we want to do here is look to the future and we want to help people out there who are listening who are hurting or they know someone who is and and just continue to destigmatize um, what's happening around us because you know we talk about neurotypical or neuro um, diverse but really I think what's helpful for everybody to understand is that everybody's exactly you know like a fingerprint inside their brain just like a fingerprint is so we can't really know how someone thinks or or what they feel or what can trigger them or assume that we do um we talk a lot about perspectives you and I oh. and because like as a guy friend I love your perspective we often share perspective which is unusual but um we're good at sort of going back and forth on different perspectives so like i I mean, sure it's not all bad, you know, but I understand addiction as well, um you know growing up and in, in it and and having it around me in my family and in my partner's family and in in family around us and and what it is is I know even when I dabbled with anything like that, it was to numb the yeah. unresolved pain that was inside of me. And, and like for me as a deeply empathetic person, I always joke and my mom even would joke, I'm a feeler. Hi, my name's is <laughs> Melissa. I'm a feeler, you know? And so yeah. <laughs> uh, I know, but you are too. Yeah, and I so I love that about you. And, and I think more of us should be open to just allowing our feelings out because they're yours. And, and trying to, you know, not be authentic, there's no point, because you're, you're the best you, you know, and I'm the best me, and I wish I knew that sooner. So if we could just be honest and, and have real talk like we're having today and say, you know, like, what can I do to help you understand so you can get better? Or, you know, who 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 could you talk to to help your loved one if they need some help? Or even maybe just understanding that sometimes we just... Um, you know, we need an outlet. We need something where we feel safe. Uh, we need to be able to feel like it's not uh, a stigma mm-hmm. when you have depression or anxiety. Um, yeah. since, my, uh, since COVID, uh, I had a couple of panicked attacks for the first time, and that was pretty surprising. I didn't have to ask anybody what they were. And so I know you know that. And then Recently, when my brother died, I had multiple panic attacks, and I couldn't stop. It was just like it took hold of me, and uh, my body went into distress. And, you know, we need to be really honest with people about that and recognize the signs. You know, so I obviously, I talk with somebody regularly. I have for many years. And, uh, you know, you can recognize that tightness in your chest or, you know, sort of your heart starts racing a little bit there's some things you can do for
1: sure i think i think a lot of people maybe it's a bit different now that mental health is becoming more of a a talking point but for me um i've suffered from anxiety my entire life and had no idea that's what it was until about four years ago and um my daughter was having anxiety attacks and at first i didn't want to um, discredit them, but it was just something that I didn't understand. And uh, we would sit down and we were talking, and like I, I didn't understand the crippling fear that would come over here, her at a restaurant when she had to order, order her own food and stuff. And it was okay, we'll order the food, whatever, no big deal. But then we were talking one night, and she was describing to me what her anxiety attacks were, and I had never. Like I said, that was the night I realized that I suffered from anxiety every night when I was laying in bed, your, and I thought that was just what going to sleep was.
0: So when she described hers, you thought, holy crap, that's... Holy crap, that's that exactly... she's describing what happens to that me. That, like, tingling, burning in yeah, your chest, yeah, that, that tightness
1: that, that feels like it's going to blow up and inflow it all at the same Do you time. You get the
0: cold sweat yeah. eventually if you start breathing hard yeah. and, like, and... and we both know there is a way to manage that Mm -hmm. and so you know that's great news that we're friends and you know i'm a trained coach and we read so much that we know how to do some of these things to to manage our mental mess you know but still um they can grip us especially in times like you know a a devastating loss of a brother or a friend or Mm -hmm. a cousin during times of of trauma maybe a car accident i know you were recently in a car accident and so you, something really random like the sound of crunching metal Could set someone off after that You know there's lots of things that can trigger us I I, th- I think it's just important We just talk about it Like like, let's just open the conversation And like it's okay To be o- not okay yeah. And and you know I think people would be More willing to get help I think we need to make Access mm-hmm easier which is why coaching has become such a passion for me because if you can't get into a psychologist or a psychiatrist perhaps you can find a really good coach that can at least support you in some way hopefully they're you know they're in a place where they can teach you some things um, or at least support you and impact you in some way and that's what I'm trying to do and and I that's why we started the podcast at the beginning of this year um, just because I knew that my coaching career was launching this year and I really wanted to be able to empower others. And so um, that's what she said with Melissa T will continue on and it will be linked to um, Empowering Wind Impact Coaching. And so uh, we're excited about that. And, um, you know, I think just find someone you can talk to about what you're feeling. Um, It's okay.
1: I think becoming just self-aware of what you're doing. We all get very caught up in our day-to-day lives. And the rat race takes a hold of us all over as Melissa's looking at me and pointing at me. (laughs) But I think like really taking that time to evaluate. And, um, like I said, like I suffered from anxiety attacks for, I'll say lightly 15 years and had no idea that's what it was. And I feel like I'm a fairly self-aware person. And as like Melissa said, you know, I read a lot of these, these self-help books and I, I, I read them, but you don't always recognize those signs right. in yourself. So Well, I
0: told you I recently lo- was listening to a book, The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, and I had tried to read it as a younger woman, and it could not compute. Yeah, It did not compute. It was just not, it was not the right time or place. And, you know, I always like to come back to books I really loved, like our favorite, because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm listening to it in my car on the okay. discs, and uh, I'm hardly in the car now because gas is a billion dollars, <laughs> but, you know, like we're just... I think once we go to different seasons in our life we learn differently and and we're open to different things and and you know I just like that as iron sharpens iron like the Bible says that we have friendships like that like yours and mine and and there's a deep sort of intimacy that comes there that where you just understand that like we're all sort of in need we need to fix our shit yeah and that's what I said at the end of the eulogy. I said, guys, like what we need to fix our shit. You know, Chris died alone in a room mm-hmm. thinking maybe that no one cared anymore because he had gotten so low. And of course I cared. Yeah. And of course he knew I cared. But he had made some bad choices and we had to take a step back. And so I look back and go, I hadn't talked to my brother for a year. Yeah. Um, and I don't regret setting the boundary. And I believe all of us out there, if you're listening you don't know what a boundary looks like if you don't feel safe in a situation with someone you care about you know you got to think about how it's going to affect you like Justin said because I feel like what's helped me the most in the last year is that self-compassion and that self-care and taking care of myself has resulted in a lot of things physically happening to my body I I look and feel different than I have in my entire life I you know, I think we don't take care of ourselves. And that's why I was pointing at Justin laughing because, <laughs> cause, you know, obviously he's working really hard and he's got his own business. And, and sometimes all the time he neglects himself. And, and so I, I'm like, come on, buddy, come on, you know. And so he's working on it just like I had to do that too. But, um, you know, these folks that we loved, if they could have found a way to feel safe enough maybe we could have helped them but we didn't and we can't live in regret like that i'm not regretting that i set a boundary with my brother i i do you know i i think it was safe and and it was as we found out at the celebration of life many people had done that and and i sort of felt compelled to say guys i just want you to know it's not your fault you know and and it liberated a couple of them i could tell like you know one of his friends said yeah i had to i had to stop i was just He was getting me into trouble, you know? Uh And, you know, there was a sense of sadness there, and I just said, it's, you know, it's not on you.
1: Yeah, we all carry guilt. Um, Daryl didn't know my kids. Daryl met my kids twice. And I loved Daryl with everything I had, but I just, that was, that was a boundary that I had set, and it was actually the last time he had, um... Or I had seen him. He'd actually come over to my house to drop off a few things, and he'd come in and say said hello to the kids. Um, But, but that was a boundary, and I don't, you know, like I would love for him to be able to be more of a part of that. But I mean, I had to, I had to set that because Papa Bear. Yeah, you just, you know, you got to look out for yourself, and you got to look out for your family, right? Like I talked to Daryl no more than a week before he had he had passed away. And you know you sit there and you think like why didn't you say something? Why didn't you tell me? Um, I you know, don't know. like it can
0: grip you. Did he OD? Is yeah, that he, he did. He, OD'd? he did OD. Yeah, and, so. and
1: and I'm you just wonder like was there a sign you missed or something and you beat yourself up? But like seven you're years said, your
0: elder, that's not your responsibility yeah, that's though, exactly right? Exactly
1: it. You, you so you
0: gotta you gotta take captive that thought. Yeah, you gotta of that brain. guilt. <laughs> yeah, you
1: gotta let go of that do. guilt and and. And keep moving forward, right? And I mean, there was a period of time for me where I sat there in tears wondering why. Of course.
0: Oh, I should have called him back. Or, you know, that uh, there was a friend of my brother's that reached out to me after he had passed, and she was really devastated, of course. And she started sort of doing that, and I said, Stop. Yeah. You know, like, it's not your fault you guys couldn't align time Mm -hmm. if this was a decision that he made or didn't make, because we're awaiting some. Of the reports Reports, still. Um, That's not on her. That was on him. Yep. And so, I guess, what would you say, I guess, you learned the most from this journey, you know, as a seven-year junior to this cousin whom you loved, who you've lost in a devastating manner. And and I I know you've lost another loved one in a devastating manner. Yeah. Um,
1: There's been a few people in my family who've been... Um, addiction is sure is a major play i think i think like the big takeaway and it's something we even said it when i came here is you can't you can't blame yourself for living in the present you can't blame yourself for not picking up the phone obviously if we all knew that that was the last chance that we had to talk to him we would have done it differently mm-hmm. but we don't and that's just that's just the way life rolls the cards at us it's true so beating yourself up over things like I mean
0: that you can't change,
1: yeah, if you're gonna beat yourself up over something, like beating yourself up over a last phone call maybe isn't the point to start.
0: no, you know, I really recommend seeking out help. There's lots of free websites where you can access support, um, there's many great resources. You can get a free library card um and you can listen to books if you're not a big reader. Um, there's lots of free online things. I take them all the time. Too many of them, to be honest. <laughs> um, but the ruminating on the negative is the thing that sort of struck me when you were talking. And um, as someone who diagnosed myself with ADHD last year, a, you know, rumination is part of that. Um. Also, it, it can appear in anxiety. Yeah. And uh, usually it can be triggered by something traumatic. And so... Um You know, when I think about that and sort of what unfolded in front of me now that I understand what was going on it 's helped me a lot. Um, I feel like I can help other people understand themselves or maybe their loved one if they don 't um, get what 's happening in this person um because it 's a it 's a really lonely place if people don 't understand that rumination can be a part of a dysfunction in the brain if you have. Um, autism or some sort of dysfunction, you can ruminate on something and it and you can't stop yeah and so sometimes you know there's tools like there's like brain a- activities and exercises you can learn, um like you know tapping you can distract yourself um there's e m d r which is something i 'm learning right now and it's helped me a lot um there's you know there's a lot of different things you can do um to distract and interrupt the cycle in a brain. And that's really what it is. It's just, it's interrupting the cycle. And, um, I won't get into that today, but Mm -hmm. I do know that, um, we have some tools in our tool belt that we don't have to take out of a pill bottle necessarily each time or, um, you know, run to the doctor. There's a lot of great things out there and, uh, it's helped me a lot. I mean, I've paid for a lot too. And, uh, it's it been a good investment i think it's hard to believe you know when you have this kind of neurodiversity that i have that you're worthy of that kind of investment sometimes but i have become more aware of that and so now i'm just yeah like i will take the time to get away and take care of myself which we've talked a lot about that's why i finally got you out here to the happy place yeah it took a while it took a long time like a year and uh we're gonna hold you captive tonight and have a great time so um but we don't take enough time to rest. I know you've had some sickness in your family and you've been looking after a loved one and and then you know your body takes a hit you in in some of the notes you shared, we talked about um the vibration or the energy is that not the word they use there, but like that you're feeling the impact of it and uh Everything is energy, don't you think? Absolutely. And uh, there's like your body has a memory.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It remembers things. So. Uh,
1: I think everything has a memory. The universe has a memory. Because we're
0: it is all energy. It's all like that this vibration. Is, this is vibrating. This is yep. vibrating. Everything is vibrating, and so it feels things. The water is something you and I both love a lot. Yep. And so, it, like, I'll get into the water, and I'll like intentionally release into the water. You know, anything that maybe is negatively impacted me letting go of that energy into a neutral space where it doesn't hurt me or someone else um, but you know I'll catch myself I went to Nanaimo this December and it was actually November and into December and I was feeling physically in pain like I just had so much body pain and I don't know why I, I didn't know why and then I realized the date and my mom died on November 23rd. Yeah. And it was then. Mm-hmm. My body was aching from the grief that it remembered during that season because there were triggers around. There were seasonal triggers. Yeah. And there was a memory in my cellular memory. If you look this up, anyone listening, cellular memory is a really cool thing to learn about. Um, But it's also powerful and it can be extremely negative. Yeah. So there's a way to learn to fix and work on that so that you can replace that. Um, with some stuff yeah.
1: So, I think grief is one of those things that like It's in the back of your mind If it's not in the front of your mind And I was explaining to my kids Once about how How the process of grief Goes back and forth And you know like uh, For a good example for me Was with my grandpa and uh, his passing And how every year for 20 years I would fixate on that day And then that one year I didn't fixate on it but then the next day I realized that I had missed it and carried that grief over to another point in time. And then eventually you just learn how to, I guess, replace that grief with happy memories and better better places to be while you're going through them. And it it kind of cushions that blow as you're going through it's it. It's a comfort. Yeah.
0: I have something to tell you. I don't know if I've told this to you already, so tell me if I did. You taught me something by sharing that with me before, because we've talked about this. Right. Do you know what you taught me? No. So, when I was 14, on my 14th birthday, it was my grandmother's funeral.
1: Okay.
0: My grandma right here. She's with me because, oh, she was everything to me. Yeah. Like, mine here and here. Yeah. And so... When she passed, I was so devastated, and I didn't know it at the time, but I had had a dream, which I now think was maybe, you know, a visitation or something from somewhere Yeah. Um. that said, she's going to die on your birthday. Okay. And w- I didn't hear it right, but it was birthday. Yeah. And so I just, like, made a giant victim out of myself for probably 40 years. Yeah. No, 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 because I'm not that old yet. <laughs> maybe 30 okay we've known each other for a couple feels like forever, but it's like two years only two years it hasn't even been two years Not even, be two years in september oh that's crazy how close we've gotten i just think i just like looked at it from a different perspective till you told me that story that day and i was like wait a minute Melissa. that was a place of honor yeah she chose that day yeah that day was chosen I could have had the last 30 years celebrating Mm -hmm. that my grandma, who was everything to me, chose that day for me. Like it could have been a totally different story. Mm -hmm. That's devastating to me now, but I'm so happy. I know it. So maybe if you're listening, we can twist that around, like not even a twist. It's like a, it's a shift. It's like a pivot. Uh, You know, we say, Oh, don't say pivot again after COVID, but you know that I use a coin in my coaching. Yeah, And it's because there's two sides to everything. And I was in my ADHD stuff. I didn't know. I couldn't let go of stuff. So I was right and no one else was. But now I know that's not true. <laughs> and so I love the coin as the analogy. And, and you've taught me that a lot, actually. Um, but yeah, like, I could have not been a victim. Yeah. I could have been a victor. I could have been celebrating. Oh, yeah. But instead, like, I just... And I didn't have the capacity at 14, of course. But now if you're listening, you know, think about what you want your story to be. Yeah. Because the thing I've learned is that your brain is just this like little computer that you carry around inside your head. You are the Lord or lady over that.
1: Yeah, you're the author of that story. Yeah,
0: you know, the Bible says you're the author and finisher of your faith. Yeah. And as a believer, I... I know there are things that God has control over, and I believe that. Uh, um, You know, not everybody believes that, but that's my belief. And so, you know, I think he can do some things that I can't, Um, and he's lord over everything in my life. But also, it's a computer that I can decide to say, ah, 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 wait a minute, delete, delete, delete. That's not true at all. What's true is that, um, like, I have survived some damn stuff.
1: Yeah. So have you. Yeah.
0: And the reason we're still here must be a good one.
1: There's got to be something for it. Yeah, we're here. Yeah.
0: We're here now. And the, and and in the here and now, what can we do? And so I want to leave wherever I was a better place, you know, a richer, not necessarily in money, but, you know, we all have different currency. We say yeah. that, right? So I want you guys that are listening to think about what you can do to make a difference in the everyday because it, it sometimes looks so big and so grand that we can't even venture a start.
1: The thing is, it's something that, like, we all overthink. Yeah. Because, like, just walking out of the store and holding the door for somebody. Or, or as I did today... <laughs> bringing... Walking out of the store and then turning around and apologizing for not holding that door quite long enough for a person. Or
0: bringing sod for yeah, one of yeah. your friends out.
1: But it just, it can, <laughs> you know whether or not that made that person's day me apologizing for not holding the door but we sure laughed about it a little bit so so those little things make a huge difference in people's lives broken
0: people only know that though you know like i remember after my leg sort of trial i went through in my five years there i'm so aware of others now yeah and you know what justin i would never want to undo it and it was terrible you know how terrible Mm it was um But the level at which I operate in the area of compassion and empathy is powerful. It's it's tangible.
1: It's, yeah, it can be the most amazing thing in the world, and it can be terrible, too. It can be so hard on yourself. It's hard on your soul if you don't know how to manage that. I've been, like, I know I've been connected my entire life. I've just been able to look at people and know, and it's been... It's been, I don't know, a gift, a curse. A burden and a
0: curse, and it's a blessing. A burden and a blessing, that's what we'll call it. A burden and a
1: blessing. It can be so overwhelming until you learn how to... Mm -hmm. Until you understand it. and I think that was a big thing with me. It's only been the past few years Mm -hmm. I've really been understanding a lot about myself with everything going on in my personal life and business life and um, realizing there was a lot of room to grow. Um, Learning how to manage that part of it has been... Probably the single biggest factor in my personal growth.
0: Yeah, and it's been painful. I mean, yeah, there was some times you were laying on the floor. I bet. There's. there's yeah. still times I'm still maybe times laying, on, I'm the laying on the floor. Um, but what I did learn, really, I think. For me, as a person, a child of trauma is what I say, and I don't want to identify as a child of trauma because I, you know, but. Uh, we're addressing this today, and that is that. That's the one thing that was different between my sibling and I. I have actually two brothers that have passed from unresolved trauma, and and I do have some other siblings that, you know, one is definitely needs some help, and I wish they would get help, you know. Um, I got help, and I'm still getting help, and I still need help, and yeah. I will always need help. Yeah, we you all. You know, will. um, I think we just need to talk more, and and and. You know, be kinder, gentler versions of ourselves. Uh, I used to say God gave us two ears and one mouth, so sh- we should listen twice as much as we speak. And I'm such a chatty yeah, guy. <laughs> you know how hard that is for me. <laughs> but actually, I've learned in the last year that God gave us two eyes and two ears. Yeah. So we actually need to actually listen and watch. Yeah. And talk very very much. maybe a third. And yeah. and boys don't have a problem. You guys don't talk enough. it's true. You know, it's like 14 1500 to 14,000 words a day or something. It's not it's not that, but it's like a crazy difference. It's 10,000. It's a or, little
1: bit of a range. We'll yeah,
0: say. it's like 7,000 and we're 14,000 words a day women, yeah. but um yeah, I do like to talk hence having your own podcast so that whether yeah. you like it or not, you get to hear what that's what she said. So, um so my heart today is is really for how- how far you've come and and how far i've come and and I'm really proud of us i think uh you know all the things that have happened in our families we could have really done different things and yeah. and uh you know the the i say the you turn around and face the fire i think my mom did that in, in the late stages of her life really and and she faced the fire and and you know that stuff that ran down downhill into the family i i think it really does stop here i i you know what i declare that i declare that to anyone listening for you and for me mm-hmm. and 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 for our listeners too that that today is the day we just take back what i would call the enemy's agenda or the world's there's a lot of weird stuff going on in the world today. Understatement um, there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um I don't begin to understand or think I know it all. Uh I I just know that um, you know, they'll know they'll know um God by how we love one another, and so that's what I'm trying to do in my life every day and and there's been a lot of stuff that has hit us below the belt and in the head this last couple of years, you know, the indigenous stuff for me has been big. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna get somebody on next that's indigenous to talk with me because, right. I feel like sort of I'm tribeless in a way because being a, a white-looking indigenous woman. Right. Um. There's been a lot of stuff happening there. A lot of grief involved mm-hmm. in in what we've uncovered in our society here, and so there's so much pain in our society. We just want to make this a safe, better place. On that's what she said. So, um. Justin, I I, I would like you to just like share from your heart anything that you feel like, um, you know, would help somebody today? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think, like I said, it's tough to kind of to sum things up into words and to, to make a simple statement on such a complex thing, but like people may not understand exactly what you're going through, but people are understanding that there's things to go through. And there's that saying like we all have different things on our plates, but everybody's plate's
0: made of something different. Yeah, and um, that's what my mom used to say. Yeah, it, it, everybody's it, shit stinks. Yeah, it all looks different, but it all yeah. smells bad. And, and it, if we can admit that,
1: yeah, I think admitting it and just recognizing that—that that, uh, you know—if we go through the same event, I don't know if your plate's lined with gold, and maybe your neighbor's plate is a napkin. Yeah. Um, so the same things are happening in this world, all of us, COVID happened to all of us, um, but it affected everybody differently and they were able to, to process it and move on or move forward, or they weren't able to, and it's all been different. So, so I think just, just really understanding each other, being kind to each other, even when you don't want to, Mm. even, you know, if you may think someone doesn't deserve it, you don't know what they do or don't deserve. So So just just being being better as individuals, and I think that I can go a long way to helping everybody.
0: One day at a time, right? Yeah. One day at a time, because you can't. Like I, this is like something I didn't write this. I write a lot, but this is like yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, today is a gift. That's why we call it the present. Yeah. And I say that a lot. Um, I've always kind of lived in the past because of trauma. Mm -hmm. and we lost our loved ones because of trauma that wasn't really dealt with and and we've worked really hard on dealing with ours and continuing to share with others that it is completely normal to have had stuff happen to you because everybody has the good news i think that you mentioned very well is that covid sort of leveled the playing field didn't it yeah it sort of made us all realize that we were You know, I heard someone say, well, we're not all in the same boat because some people don't even have a boat. But in in the mix of it, in COVID, everybody was brought to a same place where we were no longer in control Mm -hmm. of anything. And uh, we weren't in control of trauma. That's for sure. And uh, so what happens as adults, we sometimes try to take control of things uh, without really realizing that that's because of the unresolved trauma. Yeah. So for me, it was my self-worth. I don't know what it was for you. I know my brother was an angry, violent guy, and it was because he was abused, yeah. and there was a lot of violence and, and stuff around him. But, you know, I knew the real Chris, the funny Chris, the smart Chris, yeah. the Chris that uh, was fiercely loyal and protective of me, and uh, I loved him dearly. I know you loved Daryl dearly, and so... We miss you guys and, and we think of you often and, uh, we, you know, really our legacy for you will be that we want to live on and do the best to breaking these cycles, yeah. talking about it, being like just normalizing the conversations about it, making access for people um, to just talk even in a safe environment and place, um, trying to, you know... Strip down social media and its effects because it's it's dangerous.
1: Yeah, let's not get started on the social yeah, media world. Yeah, we could be here really, for another yeah, hour. That's another podcast oh, altogether. Absolutely.
0: Um, I guess I would say thank you so much for being such a, a good friend to me, but also just sharing your life with me, doing life with me is is uh, you know uh, I appreciate it and and sharing those stories that help me grow as a person and learn you know about what you've been through, but. Um, I think everyone out there has a story and, and we just want you to know that there is someone out there that can relate that there's nothing about you that isn't lovable there's always going to be something about you that someone is going to love and understand and what you think isn't true sometimes I find that yeah. I, I think things about myself or a situation that isn't true our mental state can really get us to a place where you know we we aren't seeing things clearly so uh, if you medicate with anything, that can also make you not see clearly, yeah. and so I'd encourage you to reach out to your pastor, your you know your uh, chaplain, reach out to somebody you trust that you know um, is a safe place. There's lots of resources within you know your government uh social services, family and social services, teenage crisis. There's so many, Schools. you know, reach out to me if you don't know where to get help. I will try to find my best resources for you guys. Um we're here really just to share with you that we understand and and we've been through uh, some things and and we want to help people get help so that we don't lose you anymore. We don't we want to stop losing people. Yeah. We want we we want this to be a rescue mission. Yeah. Not a recovery mission where in the case of recovery it would be good if they got better, but yeah. not recovering a dead body, but helping someone before they are. Yeah. And that's real talk. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. You know?
1: I just Melissa's been a, a wonderful friend to me. So I don't know how many times over the past year, or two years with my like I said, my personal life, all that stuff. You've been the rock, you've been the one who Um, interjects into my horrible habits of negative self-talk that I get into every once in a while. Um, So I just would like to say thank you and how much I appreciate everything you've done for me and getting me to where I am now.
0: Well, it's not over yet. (laughs) I bet you it's not. It's not over yet. So, um, you know, we want to just say happy Saturday. It's June 25th today. It's been a beautiful day today out here at the lake. We're going to enjoy some and friendship and uh guys seek out some laughter that's always good for the soul dance it out to some fun music get out to nature that always helps um you know it doesn't have to cost you a single dime and if you think someone should know what you're feeling or thinking guess what they don't let them know what you need reach out and remember you're, you're loved and you matter I wish you rich blessings and there was no dirty jokes today on That's What She Said. So sorry, we'll do that in our own time here because we always do that. So uh, I wish you all the best, joy, happiness, peace, love and healing. And uh, guys, we'll be back. Bye.